Thank you for visiting Discontinued on Display. We are so happy you have joined us. At this time, we ask of you a few small favors. Please remain with your guides at all times. If you separate, you may get lost and have no idea what's happening in the second half of the podcast. We ask that you refrain from eating or drinking during the show. And also, please, no blind jokes. to discontinued on display oh i just realized i missed an opportunity to go hey everybody it's the Green oh you Goblin. did you missed an opportunity <laughs> you know what else i realized in terms of like miss things we missed like last week we didn't bring up um annie to the revenge of miss hannigan which i still haven't i still have forgotten to look up what that was well uh, you know we we did joke that it would be like the entire season and we'd have to like do a special episode <laughs> and i i didn't want it to be a joke i wanted it to be something i actually like looked up and i keep forgetting man it just keeps getting away from me you know <clears throat> life jobs other things like that so, yeah horrible things yeah so um, I, th- you know th- this week the 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 other three that we've done you know we've uh-huh. done uh, uh love never dies rebecca and spider-man turn off the dark you know uh, love never dies just it, it just like kind of fizzled it just wasn't as good as the original rebecca, and it never makes it to broadway never makes it to broadway rebecca there's just all kinds of stuff that, that so much drama, so much drama. But but the but the the play itself is probably like really really good. Uh huh. Um, Spider Man Turn Off the Dark, of course, has you know all these lawsuits and was also really really bad. But does like you know have some Broadway and everything, and and has people that I think would consider to be fans of the show. This week is I think where we get into like this show was bad <laughs> and and bombed not like spider-man turn off the dark did but like bombed in an epic fashion and i i, I was not aware of this musical until like this week well it's not a musical i mean i think there's a one song in it it's just oh, okay. a straight show um and so we're talking about if you're a theater fan you might be familiar with Moose Murders, which is considered the worst Broadway play ever, um, and often when it is the it is the scale on which Broadway folk, show business folk, weigh how bad was that Broadway show? Was it Moose Murders or was it? Yes, yes, I, I'm sure. Yeah, if you've been, if you are into theater. You probably have have heard of this. Now I hadn't. I majored in theater. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I've heard there's a there's a play uh, that I I've read called It's Just a Play, um, and it's a comedy about an opening night production team and pr- producer team, and they're all like milling around an apartment during an opening night party um, or a Tony party or something trying to, no, it's an opening night party waiting for the reviews to come in. And they're all nervous because this show is, could have the potential to be career making for a lot of these people. 
And at some point someone says, well, at least it wasn't moose murders. Like, and moose murders is brought up. Um, So it is something that does permeate. Now I understand what that meant, but. Well, and it has permeated some other things too, where um, there was a theater district restaurant that introduced a cocktail called the murdered moose on the show's birthday. And it was a drink so bad you never wanted another. Um, It was Sam, Sambuca, Sambucha. And lime juice and garnished with pearl onion and a cherry. <laughs> yeah, Gross. no, it, I, I, <laughs> fat, it's so. What is Moose Murders? So yeah, Moose so Murders was a Broadway dark murder mystery comedy. I don't think it was meant to be dark, but when you hear some of the bits that are in it, it's yeah. it's dark. Um, it opened and closed on the same day, February 22nd, 1983, with a handful of preview performances. And I mean a handful, like, like maybe seven. Is what I read. Was it 13? Thank you. So it was no, barely like around. But it opened and closed on the very same day. Um, and the plot of the show has been difficult to nail down necessarily. I've, I was hoping that Wikipedia was going to have a genuine play-by-play because I, I have questions that need I, answers. Me too. I have lots but, of questions. Um, the show was written by Arthur Becknell, yes, who has Arthur. written several other works. And at this point, I think he's died at this point, but um, transitioned out of theater and into being a literary agent. Uh, and mostly because I think Moose Murders was just that bad. Um, so Arthur writes this murder mystery comedy. And Murder Mysteries was a very normal theme for theater in the 80s and the 70s. That was a for straight theater specifically. Yeah. And um, the play revolves around this family, the Holloway family, buying a lodge in the Adirondack Mountains. Uh, I think it's called Moose Lodge. It's It's got a lot. Of, it's heavily moose motifed. You can yes. see pictures of the Broadway set online, and I recommend it. It is a beautiful set. It is a really oh, yeah. impressive looking set. And there's um, nice moose as the logo too. Yes. <clears throat> and so they've come to apparently spend what little time they have left as a family with the family patriarchy who was injured when in a fire and then fell out of a three-story window and spends the whole play completely wrapped in bandages in a wheelchair and never speaks. Um, The rest of the family is his wife, who was originally cast uh, as Eve Arden, who you all probably out there know as the principal from Greece. Um, but if you're more interested in other things, she did a lot of other work. She was in Mildred Pierce. She was, um, famous for a radio show and a tele, which was adapted for TV called Armis Brooks. Um, so Eve Arden is a very prevalent golden age Hollywood actress who was supposed to make her comeback in the lead female role of the matriarch of this family. She has a young, like 12 year old daughter who tap dances through the entire show and apparently keeps insisting on having a martini. Um, like keeps wanting one. There's her daughter and her daughter's husband. Um, and then there's another son named Stinky who is very, who essentially, uh, I've read this from the defining a, characteristic of his character is that he wants to sleep with his mom. Yes. And it's not hilarious, right? Everyone's, you know, joking point is incest. So when I first read it, I was like, is this incest or is it like a little boy who wants to sleep with mom and dad? 
And then the more I like, and then I, it took me a while because it's described in varying degrees of heat, but it is, it's, it's, it's hardcore Oedipus complex. I want to have a sexual relationship with my mom. And it's, I was like, that's weird. Um, that's really uncomfortable for us. And apparently like I found some different reviews um, from non-Broadway productions because people do still do this on occasion where he gets handsy, like he's scripturally supposed to get really handsy with her and like is all up in her business. And it's, re- yeah, it, the face you just made. Yep. Now there's, oh, then there's a nurse, yeah. Nurse Dagwood, who takes care of the dad. And then there's uh, three other randos. There's the guy who used to own the lodge and the nightclub act he hired, a husband and wife duo, and the husband is blind. And um, there's a lot of blind jokes in the show as a result, as you do. Um, and they hilarious, always fun to make fun of disabled people. And so they haven't left in time, and the family shows up, and then for just reasons, they kind of refuse to leave. Um, well, there's and are a storm. there? Oh, they is there a leave. storm? Yes, there's a storm. Yes. Well, so that's, yeah, that's the catalyst. They they haven't left, and then there's a storm, so they can't leave. Okay, so before the storm happens, so here's the thing. I, I Like, a high school did this show. And there's, like, the 10-minute start of this product, of this play I watched. And it show, the show opens with the nightclub singers and the guy who owns the lodge initially fighting because they need to leave. He's like, you need, here are your bags, you gotta go. And they're like, we're, we're gonna finish out our contract. He's like, there is no contract. What, do you see a contract? Does your husband see a contract? And that was the first blind joke because then the wife goes, of course he doesn't see a contract. Um, And the audience laughs. And I was like, oh my, here we go. Um, And it was this weird, she was just, they were refusing to leave. He's like, I don't own the lodge anymore. It's a a private owned by a family and they want it vacated. Um, They don't want live entertainment. They want nothing. They want you guys gone. They want me gone. And they're like, no, we're not going to go. They just refuse to leave. And then I guess the storm will eventually keep them in place. Um, and then I guess to pass the time, they decide to play a murder mystery game in this lodge, which is apparently haunted. And also there was a serial killer that used to dress like a moose a few years ago. Um, and during the course of the murder mystery game, the daughter, the, the daughter who's married, the older daughter is murdered, like actually murdered. Um, this is the next part I couldn't figure out. Several more characters get murdered. And yeah. I don't know who. I don't um, know which ones, but I, I know. Um, but I know, I know who did it. <laughs> I know who did it, and I know why, and it's a stupid reason. But um, uh, apparently, the young daughter, the tap dancing daughter, also dies. She's poisoned because she finally gets her hands on a martini, and she yes. is poisoned. It's the, um, spoiler alert. It's the mom. The mom yeah. is the yeah. Eve so Arden she is the murderer. Daughter with a with a martini because I again uh, the the plot is very hard and 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 like there's a moose part and apparently this was my favorite part reviews describe a scene in which a mummified paraplegic most likely the dad rises from his wheelchair to kick a man dressed as a moose in the crotch yeah that i read that and i about fell out of my chair laughing i thought it was ridiculous and apparently from a different review i read that's not in the script. Yeah, no, it's it wasn't not in the published script. So it's just something they did. But apparently, so here's the thing. So here's the kind of the backstage drama with the show. 
Eve Arden was trying to make her comeback. And according to some people who, according to the, the little girl, the 12 year old who was played by the girl who played young Christina Crawford in mommy dearest. Okay. Um, she went, Eve Arden was clearly starting to have trouble with memorizing lines. Like she was mm. at the beginning of that part of her life where she just wasn't able to memorize anymore. Yeah. And it was difficult for her. And, um, she was really trying to make this her comeback, but Eve Arden steps out after the first preview. She yeah, does she the just... first preview. There's a picture of her in the show. Well, and from what I gather, <clears throat> and part of that was because she wasn't like doing the direction. So like what I read, so the, the whole martini scene, basically it's, you know, mom gives, she makes poisoned martinis and is supposed to give one of them to the the daughter and then like do the um casual like quick ditch the you know my martini over my shoulder yeah well instead what she does is she like slowly pours it out in front of her and it was just really it, it was confusing because you're like wait a minute so you're you're like the 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 quick throw it away makes sense cuz you're like I don't want I want I want her to think that I drank it and it's all fine, and then she's gonna drink it and and be poisoned. But like slowly pouring it out in front of her made absolutely no sense. So a, a lot of it was like she kind of decided, but also the director, who we'll also get to, uh, just kind of was like, "This isn't like this isn't working anymore." Yeah, and they replace her with Holland Taylor. Yes, um, who is I think currently most she's. Famous. She's a famous actress. She's in Legally Blonde, but I think she's most famous for um, currently for being Sarah Paulson's wife. Um, but she steps in and finishes out the run of the show uh, because, and uh, apparently she was like, I had to pay some bills. And yep, she was I like, mean, I made some demands. I was like, they have to change some things because, and so she's like, they, but she's like, but they couldn't just change the whole play. So like, we were just kind of here and I wanted to pay my bills. Um, I mean, I think we all have stayed in a job probably too long because we had bills to pay. So I think we can all empathize with um, Holland Taylor. But I I feel like, so did you catch the interview? Because Bicknell gave a big interview and Mm kind of gave the origins of this. And I I feel like, you know, it's easy to rag on this guy of like, haha, isn't it hilarious how he he made a, a terrible musical? But I, I do think it, the origins of it and to hear him talk about it were really, really interesting where he he's, you know, by 30, he's he's got off Broadway productions that were considered by most people to be successes. Um, and so his goal for Moose, Moose Murders was, and I quote, write a play about people who are being funny and don't know it. I don't know what really that means. Um, And then he also explains that public access television was the inspiration. That um, all the weird characters that were on public access, that's kind of what he was going for. Which, considering the strangeness of some of these characters, yes, that makes perfect sense. The, you know, strangeness of, of all of that. So then we get into, like... How the the other thing with this was that the director was a newbie, where 
um, he hands the script to his college friend, John Roach. And John Roach had just married a Texan oil heiress named Lily Robertson. And so Roach decides, I'm going to be the director. And in another uh, twist of fate, he decides, I'm also going to cast my wife as one of the leads even though she has no acting experience it's just like but because her family's money is funding this they kind of are all like kind of caught yeah so we've got relatively inexperienced playwright uh inexperienced director and oil heiress that is now one of the lead characters mm-hmm. so we're we're just you know off to a great start oh yeah. um and and the initial like feeling behind this you know roach was was quoted saying according to bicknell that <clears throat> everyone that he showed the script to laughed and laughed and laughed but the mistake of course is to equate funny with good And I think that's actually a really, really good quote because how many hilarious movies out there are actually horrible? Like the, the, the one that I can think of is, do you remember for that, that section of the world where the legend of Ricky Bobby with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, everyone was like, this is, this is a hilarious movie Mm -hmm. and it is, there's hilarious parts, but that's not a good movie. You wouldn't be like, oh, man, cinema has peaked with the ballad of Ricky Bobby. Well, I mean, and- think about it. That's true with comedies across the board. Like, it's very rare. Like, in when has a comedy movie ever been nominated for Best Picture? It Not usually, but I think it can still be. I'm trying to think of, like, it a comedy be. that's still a good movie. Um, and not just like, oh, it's just ha-ha dumb. Um, I mean, in some cases, I would I would say, like, Pixar movies and things like that are have funny moments. I wouldn't really call those comedies, though. Let me let me think on this. I mean, there but, are uh, good like I don't know. Like, I mean, hmm. this is tough because I'm like, I think certain movies are good movies. But to me, the qualification of a good movie is did it entertain me in a genuine way? Like, so, like, yeah. I think the movie um, The Proposal, for example, which is a romantic comedy, is very, very funny. And it's a fun movie. It's a good ride. Like, I don't at any point sit in that movie and go, this has been painful to experience this story. Um, Grown Ups, for example, had one or two moments in it that I laughed. But overall, that was a good movie. It was a terrible movie because it was a horrible journey. I hated every minute of it. Or like, We're the Millers. I would not classify We're the Millers as a good movie but it's a funny (laughs) movie and it's a great ride like i love the story i love the ride no one would ever call that a great movie just like spy by melissa mccarthy isn't technically a good movie i think they are they are good movies because they provided me with entertainment they were consistently funny throughout they were enjoyable the whole time like there wasn't a part where i was like wow this i want to slam my head against wall there was always something to enjoy within the way that they wrote the story and then supported that story with moments of comedy. Um, so what it sounds like to me, the way I interpreted that quote, cause I did read this interview and by the end of it, I thought he was just a delusional individual, quite frankly. I mean, but, kind of. cause he makes some claims that like a lot of other, like other people that 
are also interviewed as part of that article, or maybe they were different articles. I read a couple of different articles, but there were people who were like, he said, I told him the script was good. I never read it. Like things like that. And it's like, okay, this guy's just delusional. Um, but I think there's something to be said about, to me, it sounds like what it was, was it was a play with funny bits. Yeah, like, it was, it, it was <laughs> almost like, okay, it's, it was almost like an episode of SNL. Yeah. Where you just had all these like funny bits, but if you try to do an hour and a half long SNL skit, it that's not going to be funny. Which, <laughs> um, oh, excuse me. Which technically the more, they've done. <laughs> I mean, the, yes. I mean, look at how many skits were turned into movies. Yeah, and and how many of those movies were panned for being absolutely horrible because it works in a three to four minute sketch it doesn't work into mcgruber isn't great when you're trying to watch an hour and a half of it (laughs) yeah i mean i guess the only one you could say that was like maybe a little bit of a cult success would be wayne's world yeah but even that i don't think that people when people think mike myers movies they're not really thinking wayne's world i think that probably you go to another fantastic comedy series which would be austin powers true (laughs) Which again, not great movies, but have funny bits. But uh, um, anyway, back to Moose Murders. Moose so Murders, goodness. The first preview. This is the one that Arden like is a part of. Audience bursts into applause. Show starts, and this is where it's a disaster. Where she's she's lost her place. There was real water raining down on the set to create the stormy Adirondack feel, but it drowned out the actors' voices. The timing was off, everything. And Bicknell says the plot was impossible. I guess part of me had thought nobody is going to care about the plot as long as they're laughing. Guess again. And and that's right. Like, you can't just put a bunch of comedy things in and have no plot. <laughs> yeah. My so. favorite quote from a, a critic was, nothing nothing in act one will prepare you for the absolute buffoonery of act two. Like act two just comes out of nowhere. It, there's just like, it, it just gets <clears throat> insane. Um, and what was the other one that I, Oh, um, so there was one preview too. This is when Holland Taylor, she delivered the final laugh line, which she quotes was already rather mediocre. The lights failed to black out and the curtain stayed up. And so, like, everyone's just on stage. They're not supposed to be. And she says, the rest of the cast started scattering to the wings like rats from a sinking ship. And I put my hands out and screamed at them, get back here. We all had to line up and face our curtain call with bravery. And I want to say, like, um, it, like they, they had to do this. Like it, it, that, I, I just cannot imagine that. I, I, I as a theater person, because I'm sure we've all been to like those high school plays, and it's and very much in in high school you get this where when the cast comes out. This is one of my favorite things about going to high school productions. The cast comes out for the curtain call, and everyone's just going bonkers because you've got families of kids and friends and relatives that have come in for this, and it really is an accomplishment to do something like that as a high school student. And so everyone's just cheering and the look on these people on the students' faces is really, really great. I cannot imagine if it was just de- like dead silence and like, oh, okay. And I want to say there was one, two where like someone had to like utter to people, the play is over. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read that somewhere. And so people were just like standing there like in shock and the actor to be like, all right, we're done, <laughs> which I also can't imagine. 
Oh my goodness. Oh, uh, it's, it, it's just the, 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 the quotes from this. And what I love about it is that so many people did get interviewed about this because it is such a story that you have some direct quotes from people that were there firsthand experience. And so it's fun to read all of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, like the, like the, uh, the fight choreographer was like, I had no idea how bad this was going to be. Or like the designers being like, yeah, we just kind of came in and did the thing. And the different actors who were like, oh yeah, this was kind of how this worked. Or yeah, no, this was bad. Or I, we, we, our producers were like, we will never talk about this. How did you get my number? We're not talking yeah. about this. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's a little bit like what the Star Wars holiday special is. We're like, yes. like it, everyone's just like, yeah, we, we just, we just do not acknowledge this. It does not exist. Um, that just don't, uh, which I think it's funny though, because they have like um, referenced like Life Day and other stuff in in canon recently, but I think they're learning to ha ha it off a little bit more. But uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Here's the opening night thing. Like the audience felt otherwise. This is um, uh, uh, one of the actors. I don't think there's ever was a show in history of Broadway where you took a bow to silence. Chris, what? <laughs> like what? What in the world? I cannot imagine the embarrassment of having to take a bow in like complete silence. I that makes that one makes me speechless. That one gives me that makes me uncomfortable to think about. Yeah, like that that is that that is that makes me anxious for those people. I don't know them. This is a play. That's something that happened years ago, and it just makes me anxious. And and Bicknell then talks about you know they they go to a bar to kind of await the reviews. Um, and this is where, uh, you know, we just get, get some really great, great lines. Like it's um, an insult to an audience of amoebas. Yeah. That, that one was good. Um, the 10 actors trapped in this enterprise, a minority of them professional caliber will not be singled out here. <laughs> Because some of them might want to work again. Isn't that how the quote finishes out? Yes. Um, I'm tempted to abrade the author, director, and producers of Moose Murders, but surely the American Society of the for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals will be after them soon enough. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, goodness. Like, it, it just... It... Well, apparently there's, like a cannibalistic moose at some point too. Yeah. Like I didn't understand how there was a moose, um, in this, like it's not clear. Cause like I get the murder mystery part of it, but well, I thought someone was dressing up like a moose to murder people, but then apparently it's just the mom because she wants to have sex with her son-in-law. That's her, that's her motive. Like it, I'm going to kill all these people just so I can boink this one random guy. Like that, that was, yeah, that was the, you know, that was the whole like plot of the story there, which didn't, I don't know, but yeah, but I wasn't clear where like the mom was dressing up as a moose or whether there was also a moose guy that was just like in the area as well. And what we will never know because there is nothing for me to, I, I like, I tried, I looked everywhere for some kind of written breakdown, like some cliff notes of this and I mean, I found, again, little tidbits. There's small clips of, like, community productions of it online. Not anything full. Just bits and pieces. Um, 
My other favorite quote about this was when he said, I thought that, you know, maybe it can't be theater, but maybe we can respect it as a piece of art. And I was like, explain, break that down for me. What do you mean this is a piece of art? I mean, here's one thing that this maybe can do. And, and, And this is more of a modern thing. And this is where I maybe think this is ahead of its time. There isn't there is a market for stuff that's so bad that it then becomes good. Yes, like, and that that so we have we're we're jumping the gun now because I'm gonna say this because this is my was gonna be my thought. Like in terms of should moose murders come back? I actually think yes, but it needs to become like the room. It needs to be marketed as do you wanna see the worst play that was ever written? go see moose murders and that's what the bit is is it's it always has limited runs like a week you know you're just trying to get people in the area to go because no one's going to go see it more than once no one's going to bring people back to see it but to do these limited showings of it where you are literally like that cult classic like rocky horror clue wayne's world situation but this is people going it's but this is the room this is the people who that's what this is and that's what it should be well and from what i gather like because these reviews came out of course what happened is people were like this is horrible i need to go see this so they're calling the broadway office like i want tickets and they had to tell everybody like we're we're the show's done like we're we're not doing any more runs and people were upset and and so you know bicknell talks about how we probably could have made a decent amount of money had we had we stayed on for at least a little bit because there 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 is a market for stuff that is so bad that it's good remember when we were all obsessed with napoleon dynamite for like six months that movie's bad it's bad it is a bad movie it's it's but we we all because it was so low budget and so bad we were like this is the funniest thing we've ever seen and we would show it to our friends and introduce people and be like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen because it's just so low budget. And you look back on that now and go, why were we ever into this? Why did, why did we think this movie was any good? And the answer was it wasn't, but it was so bad that you just couldn't stop watching how bad this was. And because it was so bad, you had to keep showing people how bad it was. I have a version of, uh, it, the hallelujah chorus it's if I, if, where it's a hallelujah chorus fail and it is so bad that i keep having to show it to people because of how bad it is i'm actually going to clip that in this episode i just Please. here is the clip i will share it with all of you here's the clip of the hallelujah chorus i cackle every time it's it's the ending of the hallelujah chorus the organ player is really feeling him or herself and 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 botches it bad my my friend uh showed me a video of their friend's child singing it was their first um like like school choir concert and they did a jazz number and there was beatboxing and it was rough and i i couldn't stop laughing i felt so bad for laughing and it was this instructor's fault. This instructor wronged these children is what happened. <laughs> but, and like, was like, we should do this. Um, but boy, howdy, that, that video kept me going for a while. 
Yeah, but it, it so there there is a market for that. So I, you know, I'm in agreement with you that <laughs> that they need to take the mantle of this is the worst Broadway production, and I'm not saying that it has to go back on Broadway, but why not put it in some limited runs? Why not get some big name actors to do this for a week and and do it for I don't even care if you say you know what we're not even going to do it to try to profit off it this is a charity thing oh that's really smart this, we know you you know it's going to be bad we we are we are selling you tickets because it's going to be bad but it's going to support xyz so you know the children with Oedipus complexes yeah <laughs> I okay I, I I'm sorry I'm going back to this that's what doesn't get me about this maybe I need to see this because it, it just like, is that funny ever? Like, you know, it they, doesn't ring funny to me. Like, I mean, they, the fact that the mom kills her 12 year old daughter rings weird to me. And according to one review I read, she's not a likable character at all. None of them are. They're all yeah. like, apparently, everyone's sitting there rooting for everyone to get murdered. And the mom is just like cold, mean, distant, barely pays attention to her knee or like her sick and dying husband. Like, that like none of it makes sense. We'll rise up and kick a moose in the crotch <laughs> in the crotch eventually and save the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, um, it's just like, <clears throat> I think, and the, this is where I think like, yes, I would, I would go and see exactly what you just described. I would give the money to do it, especially if they're a big name. Like one of my favorite things that ever happened is, so one of the most famous plays in history is The Mousetrap, Agatha Christie's uh, play. Um, It is never closed. Um, It is run on the West End ever since um, she wrote it and produced it. Um, And there's always, there's a new cast every year. And I guess one year um, instead of, Uh, like they they took a hiatus, I think, and for one, I don't know if it was just a day or if it was a week, but it was a real short period of time. They threw some of the biggest British actors, like Hugh Bonneville from Down Abbey, was in it. Julie Walters, who is uh, Mrs. Weasley, and I can't remember the other people. Um, all these big name British people were just in it for a week. And none of them really knew what they were doing. They had like a week of rehearsal and then did a production of it. And like everyone wanted to go see yeah. these people try their best to get through it. Uh, Cause it's a big show. Um, but I would love to see them do like this and I would pay to go. But I think the thing is, I think in 2023 based off of the couple things I know about it is apparently there are so many blind jokes that it becomes a problem. Like that they make so many jokes about the blind guy that it like, would this be the like version where like Disney Plus has to put out like the statement at the front of things being like this was a product of its time? <laughs> yeah. I mean you you'd almost have to put a disclaimer I feel like, but cuz cuz yeah, there Between is the blind jokes and the incest like I don't know if that would ring well or just still make people just uncomfortable. I mean that that's that's my thing with it is I'm just uncomfortable with that. Like that's not if that's a bit that you're trying to do like haha this guy named stinky wants to sleep with his mom that that doesn't that doesn't make me laugh that makes me uncomfortable well and from what i could read in one thing it sounds like the character of stinky is like almost like slow as if like they have a mental disability i think he's like a hippie i think that's what i read so like he's a like so it's he's slow as in like hey man 
yeah, just everything's cool. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the vibe. See, that makes it worse. For some reason, that almost makes it worse. I mean, <laughs> is there a way to make this worse? Um, but uh, it, it just. The bits don't seem funny to me. I think that's 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 the issue. Is now, I mean, I get humor is is subjective, right? I'm getting that. I'm using yes. that term correctly. Subjective, where what I think is hilarious might not be what you think is hilarious. Like, for example, I think the other guys, starring Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, is the funniest movie known to man. That movie cracks me the heck up. I. I, I can quote the like most of the movie and it's really, really funny. I know a lot of people that think it's really dumb and don't love it, but I, I do. Um, and there's certain comedians. Like I can think of certain comedians that I'm like, I think that guy's funny. I don't think that this guy's funny for reason X, Y, Z. Like I, I prefer more of like the smart comedy than the, like, I'm just going to swear all the time and riff about how, uh, uh, you know, men and women are different. It's like, mm-hmm. gosh, wow. <laughs> also, tell me about that airport food. Why don't you like? <laughs> uh, so it, it it just it's I think putting on a comedy play and writing funny lines is just incredibly difficult because you have to land jokes with a wide range of audiences. Mm hmm. And that's usually why I like like theater and I especially comedic theater is those moments of shared audacity or shared laughter that binds a community of people together because you might have a lot of differences. But in this moment, you are all sharing this one moment of humanity. Like one of my favorite things is I saw uh, This is 40, which was uh, Paul Rudd. I can't remember. Um, It's um who his wife was i can picture thank you leslie mann and um melissa mccarthy plays a small role in it and there's a scene with the three of them in the principal's office um their parents and they're talking to the principal because their kids have gotten in a fight and the principal is siding with paul rudd and leslie mann and melissa mccarthy goes off and are saying you're just picking them because they're the pretty parents um and they're like the disinterested parents and you want to look cool and she starts going off and going off. And it's this funny moment where, like, you know, she's being Melissa McCarthy and she's <clears throat> swearing at the principal and really taking it out of her and being like, no one likes you. I hate your stupid haircut. And then out of left field, and everyone's giggling, and out of left field, she there's this weird pause and she goes, I'm glad your husband died. And in unison, an entire theater full of people go, whoo! <gasps> Just get audibly gas. Yeah, he probably that's, he, that's how awful you are. He probably died just to get away from you. And though I could, you, the gnome was laughing. But everyone thought it was hilarious, and like we all just, I think what we all thought was so funny was the shared gasp of none of us expected yeah. her to say that. Um, and that's what makes theater so great. Um, and even in moments of like, oh, I don't know if I think this is funny. That's the beauty of it is when you can make it so that everyone thinks something is funny. And I think that's what this lacked is that this didn't have the gasp moment. Mm, This lacked a lot. No, I think it had plenty. If I were there, I feel like I would have been like, I don't think I would have, it would have, it would have just been, it, it very much would have been what happened at the end where they're bowing in silence where you're just like, 
dumbfounded of what what just happened. You you shocked your audience to a what what? Yeah, that to that to me is exactly the best way to describe this is dumbfounded. Like anyone who saw it was like, what just happened to me? Well, and the other thing that I read too was so one of the critics was talking about how during one of the previews they were so desperate to pack the house that they were oh, yes. letting like homeless people into so like the critic was like, Yeah, I was I was sitting next to someone who was covered in his own vomit. And he had to move seats to the back because of the smell was so awful. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yes, I did remember reading that. Oh my gosh. So fun fact, there are a couple memorabilia items you can purchase. Ooh, fun. Yes, what can I get? Uh, you can buy copies of the script, which you could get copies of the script from a publisher. You could go to the publisher of the script. You can still buy it and buy the rights to do it. Community how, theaters how and high schools do it. Um, the script itself from the publisher is going to be like 14 bucks. They ranged on the on eBay. Um, but uh, the most expensive thing was a program. You can get an original program from the show for $100. See, now that's actually a nice piece of see if you were a Broadway memorabilia collector, that I think that would piece. be something that you'd want for your collection. Um, do, we one, need, I, do we need to get this script for $14 and do a read through? Do a staged reading of Moose Murders. Do we need to do this? <laughs> oh my god. There's some legal issues in that, but I mean I also don't mind. I mean, we're not making any money. No. <laughs> yeah. No one's paying us to do this. <laughs> With that said, if you are out there and want to pay us to do this, I guess it, here's the thing: it if you pay us, then we can't read Moose Murders. That, that might that might encourage people to pay us. So maybe <laughs> it's like fourteen bucks. I can afford that. Yeah, I I'll, could too. I'll take I, it out of the McPizza Hat Fund. No, no, your McPizza Hat. <laughs> You're going on a date tonight with your wife, and you don't have a good hat to wear. Oh, I know. It's, it's the one thing she doesn't love about me. She's like, gosh, dang it. If only you had a hat to wear. <laughs> <laughs> and it said McPizza on it. <laughs> I just like, I love the concept of your wife going, gosh, dang it. The one thing I don't like about you is you don't have a hat. You're perfect in every other way, but but you need the perfect hat. <laughs> Oh, that 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 one brought me some joy. That that that. See, look what we just wrote. We wrote comedy. <laughs> like, Let's write a whole there, play. Like right there, we with we incest and blind people. Like we could we could write we could write a whole play based on a wife who loves her husband completely, except that he doesn't have the right hat. Sounds like a Veggie Tale episode. That does sound like a Veggie Tale episode. Sounds like an episode about not coveting your neighbor's spouse or something. Ah, because you tell me. Because you know that would be about like, well, my neighbor's husband has a really nice hat. I mean, the fact that, so, okay, this is going to be a tangent here, but I'm going to get into this. So, one of the most famous Bible stories is the story of David and Bathsheba. I thought um, it was King George and the Ducky. So, yes, that is the VeggieTales version. Oh, is it really? Yes, oh, I, was just, yes. I was just taking a shot in the dark with one of my favorite VeggieTales. Yes, this is yes. great. So, so what happens with the story of David and Bathsheba is David is is out like, you know, in his palace one day and he's he's looking out and over his kingdom and looking out and he sees Bathsheba taking a bath and is like, oh, yeah, I want that woman learns that 
that she is married. So he sends the guy, Uriah, out into battle, into a situation where he knows he's going to get killed so he can, so he can sleep with her. And so this is like what, like really juicy drama story. And so you're right. King George and the Ducky is the story of David and Bathsheba and how they do it is incredibly clever because King George is this, is this selfish King who wants all of the duckies for himself. He looks out and sees a boy bathing with a rubber ducky. (laughs) Uh, Of course, this is a, you know, vegetable, like it's not gross. Like it's a a junior. It's asparagus. asparagus. Yes. Um, Covets the ducky sends him out into the front lines of the great pie war. So he can go steal his ducky. It is a masterpiece that they take this story that is not for children and, and make it into a story that kids can learn something about. It is a masterful work by big idea productions like I will, I, I could make an entire podcast episode breaking down the similarities of that episode. I, I would be here for that. I, cause I loved King, King George. I was literally at a party with some work colleagues recently where we got a little bit tipsy on the adult beverages and me and a coworker scream saying Barbara Manatee at each other. <laughs> and you can't come because you don't, don't speak, speak French. French. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> Uh, if you have no idea what you're, what we're talking about, uh, treat uh, yourself, go to the treat internet. yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself to some veggie tales. Um, it is just well, well written. Well and while written you're at it, just treat yourself to some vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Eat a vegetable while watching veggie tales. Um, man, anything else about moose murders? Uh, anything about moose murders? I, I, I don't like, um, like this is, this is a fun rabbit hole to go down. Like, you know, if you want to read the full interviews, Bicknell has a a, a book, book about this about that he talks. Though, from what I gather from the reviews, he doesn't like really talk about this too much in depth. But um, but yeah, he's got a book out about this, and there's tons of interviews and and all, stuff like that. So this is this is a good rabbit hole that you can go down. You know, you're bored at work and you want to kill some time. Just there. There's also a lot of Broadway shows that open and closed on the same day. And I think that's also another really interesting rabbit hole to to go down. There's one playwright. I was fascinated. He writes for TV. Um, he doesn't write. He might have passed at this point. He's written three Broadway shows. All three of them opened and closed on the same day. Um, I feel like after the first one, I'd be done. <laughs> and the second one... I almost said we should talk about this, but I couldn't find enough information about it. The second play, which was called Father's Day, was nominated for two Tony Awards. And I think it won one of them. It was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role and Best Scenic Design. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, stuff happens in showbiz, I guess. Well, I think we close up the tour. Um, let's see. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, discontinued on display at gmail.com, uh, Twitter at discontinued pod, Instagram at discontinued on display. Um, uh, as always, I, I actually don't know if Casey has signed off on this, but I'm going to keep talking about it. Uh, this show is brought to you by, uh, magical memories by Casey. Uh, in all seriousness, I, I, uh, if you are looking to plan your Disney universal trip, uh, use Casey, go to caseywoolly.com. Uh, and get the information there. Even if you just want to inquire about it, send him an email. Um, it costs nothing extra to you. Like you don't have to pay for him. Disney pays him. Universal pays him. 
you just get the benefit of his expertise. So please go uh, CaseyWoolley.com and look that up if you're planning a Disney or Universal vacation um, uh, for a discontinued on display. Uh, five stars, five stars. Rate and review us. Uh, tell your friends. A scale from one to moose murders. How good is our podcast? <laughs> Wait, wouldn't it be on a scale of moose murders to 10? I I like the idea of one being we are not a bad podcast. Like if the scale of bad is one to moose murders. Um, But technically you're right. On a scale from moose murders to 10, how bad is this? Yeah, you you tell us after giving us five stars. (laughs) Then you can say, give us five stars and then say this is the moose murders of podcast. God, what if we are? I mean, there's a possibility that Though I guess I will say I have talked to people that are in my life that don't care if I like them or not, and they have listened to it and said, "Okay, I, I like this." Oh, that's good. So you know, <laughs> and I, in looking at our analytics, I you know we can see like you know states and areas where people are 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 listening, and there's some places where I'm like I don't know anyone from there, and it keeps showing up. So there's someone that doesn't personally know me. It's not like my mother is continuing. <laughs> my mother, my, and my mother grandma. stopped listening after I insulted the sound of music. We lost her. She's <laughs> never coming back. I know. I have. I have some coworkers to listen to it. So shout out to you, coworkers. Um, I appreciate you listening um, because, uh, uh, yeah, we. I, I. I hype up our podcast at work. I. I. I meant. I don't. I. Am, I'm always nervous about doing that because I don't want people to be like. Oh, he has a podcast. Like, I don't want to seem like that kind of person. So it usually doesn't come up, um, but it will on occasion. It'll be like a Tuesday. What are you doing tonight? Or are you free tonight? Oh, no, I can't. I, I record. Um, and they're like, you do what? And I was like, wait, let me tell First off, we have, I don't know what the actual number is, but my old homage joke from when we started was, we have 40 listeners. I know 39 of them. <laughs> um, and the one I don't know is Matt's mom. Um, but... I, I usually don't tell anyone who people find out they're like dumbfounded and they're like, tell me everything. And they always like the idea. They always like, oh, that is a fun, like, that sounds like a fun thing to like listen to. And I was like, it is. You can check it out. Um, I mean, ultimately, let's be real here. We have a good time doing this. We like, do. We <laughs> wouldn't do this time. if we didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't uh, care if right. you like us. I'm having fun. That's true. Yeah. I'm learning lots of stories that I can bring up to people on at random points and i do bring up at random points so all right let's get out of here let's close up this museum for the day Alrighty, um this is the first time we actually have it you know what that is our goodbye awkward silence and the podcast is over <laughs>